The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Jawan, and I am joined by the two best people to do a podcast with, Nick. What's going on, Nick? What up? I'm super excited. We have so many fucking awesome topics to talk about. Uh, I'm thrilled to be on. Uh, it's been at least two weeks since I've been on, so um, yeah. It, here's my return. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> Welcome back, indeed. We definitely missed you last week. That was, that was a, a really good episode, but we definitely missed you. Um, so glad to have you back. And we have a lot of stuff that you specifically want to talk about, so that makes it even more indeed. fun. Um, and, Tia, what's going on, Tia? We just had a podcast together two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, Juwan. I'm feeling Absolutely really good today. Not. <laughs> yesterday we did the top 10 and I felt bad because uh, through the events of the day I felt like I had lost my voice so I feel like my voice is back today and I'm excited to be talking about all the things we're going to talk about and Nick super happy to have you back on this week oh thanks to you <laughs> absolutely so let's let's get right started uh, let's get started I don't know why I put right in there but anyway <laughs> let's go right let's, <laughs> let's, let's get go right, right started. into <laughs> Trailer talk. I'm going to uh, hashtag that tomorrow, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that is now being copywritten as we speak. But um, let's get right into trailer <laughs> talk. we got two really cool trailers um, to discuss. Let's talk about first The Mandalorian. Um, Nick, I'm going to start with you, man. Uh, what were your thoughts on the official trailer for The Mandalorian? Dude, it looks so fucking dope. Like, it, it – it looks like everything that I would want as, like, an OG Star Wars fan, um, and I, I really felt like that was what they were going for from the beginning, and I feel like with this trailer, it's just kind of cementing that home. Um, I mean, just the fact that it, it – A, like, you don't get any lines from the bounty hunter. Like, you just – like, they're just like, yeah, we're going to save that for the show. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um like you know the way the way they kind of juxtapose that with what we know from bounty hunters like Boba Fett and how they're um, sort of very brief with their tongue, uh, and I, so I love that. I I love the the shots that they were able to implement. I love the seediness of the whole thing, how it's very reflective of what we would kind of imagine the bounty hunter's life being um so that's really cool i think favreau 
has done a really good job of, of setting up this particular um, like landscape uh, as far as shooting the way they're going to do this show. I love the fact that we're getting an IG character uh, voiced by Taika Waititi. I am seriously wondering if this is going to give Korg a run for his money. And on on the same note, uh, uh, K2SO, uh, voiced by Alan Tudyk, I wonder if it's going to be like that droid that gives uh, you know that character from Rogue One a run for, for his money. I'm super excited. I, I love the shot where um, he uh, sends a little grappling hook and pulls the dude back and the door, and it, like, cuts right before it shuts. And I was just like, what? Like, they're going to really make this, um, like, a, a, a kind of something for the OG Star Wars fans who are obviously all adults and, you know, really love the series. Um, particularly the original trilogy, and I'm just really excited to see what they do with it. And this trailer just just kind of further cements my uh, hype. And you know, obviously they already renewed for season two before this one even dropped. Uh, so I think that gave kind of the first indication that we knew this was going to be really good. Like they weren't worried about it at all. Um, but the fact that this trailer just delivers on all of the little, like I said, underbelly, seedy elements. I mean, this is what we always wanted uh, from Lucas when – I mean he talked about this, what, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, something like that, uh, about doing a bounty hunter live-action show. And now we're getting it, and I think, too, the fact that it takes place after Return of the Jedi – after the fall of um, the Empire and, and in the like direct time after that and how uh, all of the upheaval would would have worked on the Outer Rim planets uh, before the Republic could take hold again and like get law and order throughout the galaxy. I think that obviously makes it uh, even more intriguing. It kind of connects it further to um, Firefly, which of course I love to death and I think that is just like another kind of legit element that kind of connects these uh, two two genres being like the science fiction science fantasy and the western element that they're they're pulling into this and so yeah I'm just I'm super pumped I can't wait for the show to drop it's it's probably the thing I'm most the, the Star Wars thing that I'm most excited about, like more excited than Episode Nine, honestly. The the biggest uh, importance of the Mandalorian to me is to show the more casual Star Wars fans that a world exists where you know you don't have to see lightsabers um, or even True. Jedi. Like there's there's right. more to the Star Wars mythos. Um, than just lightsabers. That's why I would really like it if we at least get two seasons um, and we don't see a Jedi. Because um, to yes. me, Jedi's, Jedi's to Star Wars, Star Wars, I'm sorry, is quite like Wolverine to the X-Men. You show Wolverine, yes. that's all people that's care about. Fucking, like, that's all yeah. people want. They don't care about Cyclops, Xavier, Magneto. They just want Wolverine. So that's why you can't start an X-Men universe with Wolverine. 
because they they won't they won't care about anything else. So with the man, way to rope it back to your fucking point. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I might disagree with you on that, but I do agree with you in 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 your whole point that you know. Um, you you don't need Wolverine or the Jedi to make successful Star Wars material or X Men material, right? And I think Rogue One was a great start. Um, you know, it, it was a way to kind of show people like you don't have to see Jedi. A lot of people thought Jedi were going to be in it, um, especially at the end. I'm one with the Force. The Force is one with me. It was like, oh, cool, he has the Force. Oh no, he doesn't. Um, so it was just it's it's to the point to where it's like you want to. Explore more. You want to get people who are just casual viewers who only know worlds with lightsabers to be more interested in more of the Star Wars world. That's how you're able to build on Disney Plus with um, you know more shows. And if this show goes over well, which we know it will, the um, the show that's the Rogue One prequel, um, Cassian Endor, see a lot more. Right. It, it'll be easier to to sell that to more casual viewers. Um, because Absolutely. they'll be like, well, if it was, if it was anything as, as cool as the Mandalorian, like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to see it. Um, so I mean, this is, this is great. I love this. It's a way to build the world. Um, I mean, I still Nick and crossing my fingers, we get that dark saber. Um, but even if we yeah. get this show, this show, um, it is definitely going to be a great one. I will say, I, I rewatched the the trailer uh, earlier today. The shot that. And it's such a weird shot for someone to love, but I loved it so much. The shot where you just see his fingers tapping his gun, it's just yes. a callback to, to Westerns. And if you like yes. Westerns, everybody in a Western would do that. He would just stand there, look at you, and just tap his gun. Mm-hmm. And then he would draw and shoot you. Like, it just it yeah. felt so Western. Um, and, and I love that. So to me, that was the, the shot that stood out to me the most um, from that trailer was just seeing that and just feeling like it's truly a Western, um, but in space. <laughs> so it just right. felt good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Um, you know, we unfortunately, I thought, very stupidly as me, I thought the streaming service came out in October, not November. Um, so I have to wait even longer now than I thought I had to, so it sucks. <laughs> um, but we finally have a trailer of our own. We don't have to just worry about what people said that went there. We have it. We can talk about it ourselves. So um, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Nick, because I know you've been waiting to see an official trailer for it, not just, like, mm-hmm. chopped-up edits of what they showed at um, San Diego. Um, Absolutely. So I'm glad you got to experience that. Tia, we talked about it a little bit. Um, excuse me. On uh, Friday, but um, you did really enjoy the uh, the trailer, right? I did, yes. And it's funny that you mentioned it feeling almost like a Western, which I didn't even think about. But now that you said it, I'm wondering if maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much, because I really like Westerns. So the fact that it has maybe more of that feel is why I'm kind of being drawn to it. But as you know, and I've mentioned this on Friday, I've mentioned this several times in podcasts, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, um, and this makes me want to watch it. It looks really good from the trailer alone. It looks like it is crafted so beautifully. I trust John Favreau and what he does, and just the shots that they have, it's interesting to see, um, as you said, like for the more casual fan, 
that you don't need lightsabers and Jedis and all that to enjoy the Star Wars world. And that looks like what we're going to kind of get here. And that's really refreshing. It really is. And it, the trailer looked like it was a trailer for a movie, but it's a TV show, which is cool because John Favreau had even said that he shot it like it was a movie as opposed to even just a TV show. So I think that, I, I, as soon, first of all, I was planning on getting Disney Plus regardless. I'm going to get it as soon as it comes out, and I'm going to watch this, which is something that probably I would have never been interested in doing so until I saw the trailer. Yeah, and I heard they had a $15 million budget for each episode. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, like that. They're investing in this. So that's that's something. There is something to be said for that. Uh, and that's ten episodes. So that, that's one hundred and fifty million dollars. That's that's the budget of a of a movie. You know, like that that's the budget of a big blockbuster movie. So like the fact that they're putting this much money into it again shows how much faith they have in it, and just it it just shows, I guess, how. Um, I, I, I guess how much uh, they're banking on this being one of their linchpins to their Disney uh, streaming service because this is going to be one of the first big things that they drop. And the, like the fact that they're putting that much money into it and renewing it already for season two, it just gives me all of the indications that it's going to be fucking awesome. It also means yeah. that there's not going to be any sacrifices and say like budgets that you kind of have with TV shows. Oh, that doesn't right. look as good because it's a TV show. It doesn't have the budget that a movie actually would, but no, not in this case, which as you said, it's one of the first things that they're dropping as soon as the streaming service comes out. So they want to make sure that they get people right out the gate and no one waits or one of, say, the Marvel shows to come out to then buy Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I just think they have a lot of faith in Jon Favreau. Uh, I also believe um, when he says they shot it like a movie, I think it, it's a movie. They just chopped it up um, to kind of make it feel, uh, you know, like, like a TV show. Now, I will say, Nick, the one thing that I am sure you are very disappointed about um, is the fact that Favreau did make it clear um, that this will be weekly. They will not drop it all at once. We will have to wait week to week. To uh, I'm cool with it. You know why see, I'm cool I, with it? Why? Because that means we can do uh, breakdowns on it, like we did for Game of Thrones. You can't do that with oh, a yeah. show that That's drops true. like all at once. Like we can't we can't go do like an episode to episode show of you know, just the final season of Jessica Jones. I would have loved to have done that, but like we can't do it because like people aren't gonna fucking tune. They're already five episodes ahead of us before they even know we dropped a podcast in the first episode. So like you, you you can't really get by with it. But like because they're doing it week to week, that means that like for people like us who cover things like this, it's gonna be super fun for us to cover it show by show. So I'm like really excited about it. Like. I, there is a drawback to it. Like, obviously, you can't just sit down and watch it all at once. But, like, from, you know, 
from the perspective from the geek vibes perspective, I'm really excited about it because it it means we get to dedicate like a whole fucking show to it and we can do it like week to week and I look forward to that. I, I know we haven't even discussed this yet, um, but I'm I'm sure we can make time for it. But like that is super exciting. Like we can break it down and people can tune in and listen to like our thoughts on like each episode and that's something really cool about something that's week to week versus something that drops all at once. You just can't you you can't do like an episode to episode breakdown of something that drops all at once. You have to do like uh, like what we did for Stranger Things. You have to break down the whole thing uh, watch the whole thing and then break that down because that's where everybody's at by the time you're dropping your uh, your material. So like I don't know. Yeah, I actually I'm for that reason I'm really cool with it. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. I get where you're coming from a hundred percent. I don't have patience for a week to week. So like especially if the first episode is really good and it's like somewhat like a cliffhanger at the end and it's like I gotta wait a whole week like isn't that the reason I don't watch television and I only watch streaming services is so I can get away from commercials and and having to wait winter breaks and and, you know week to week to see things happen Um, but I mean yeah you're absolutely correct it's a great way for us to break down an episode and give each episode its proper treatment and um, you know the the justice it deserves so like I said I get it but I'm going to hate every ounce of it, and I'm going to find a way to say that I hate it <laughs> hey, man. every episode just, we, we break down. Just always look on the bright side of life, man. That's my philosophy. you gotta, you got to gotta incorporate it. That's fair. That's fair. I probably should do that more often. It'll, it'll keep me sane. Um, but all right, let's move on. We've got another trailer. Um, this is very shocking, um, and not shocking because – the movie exists, but shocking because we didn't know when it started filming. Uh, they filmed this movie in secrecy. Um, El Camino, which is a follow-up movie to the series Breaking Bad, takes place right after the events of the final episode of Breaking Bad. Um, seemingly, from the teaser trailer that we got, um, it looks like they're searching for Jesse. Um, and it's a really good question. Where is he? Does he know Walt's dead? Does he know anything? Um, and I don't feel the need to say spoiler alert because I kind of feel like Breaking Bad's been off air for, I don't know, like, what, six, seven years? Maybe a little bit Something more. Like um, yeah. So I, I'm sorry. Anyone that's listening that's like, oh, I never got to finish the, the last season, I'd kind of on you a little bit. Um, yeah. But, At this point, um, yes. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like if I'm spoiling, like, far from home like it's like all right well maybe that's a little sucky but a show that's been off the air for almost a a decade come on now um but yes this movie is coming out i believe october 12th on netflix um i will be curious to see if they're able to figure out um a deal to where they could have a theatrical release in theaters um but i doubt it i think it might just be a netflix thing um so nick i'm going to start off with you el camino man what are your thoughts, and are you excited to see the story continue of Breaking Bad? It's funny, man. I have I have not finished Breaking Bad. I have seen all of the first season, most of the second season, some of the sixth season. Um, just that's 
how it my life transcended and it broke out that way. Um, so I really need to go back and, and like start it from the beginning and watch. And I've done it like a couple times. It's always been one of those things where I've always enjoyed Breaking Bad. I've just never sat down and watched the whole thing. But I really need to do it. Like the next time I get onto Netflix, hopefully I'll just be like, all right, let's not watch The Office again for the fucking umpteenth time. Let's watch Breaking Bad. Um, and this is maybe will give me the, the like spur to do it. But as far as the trailer, um, it's, it's very much a teaser, but it does seem interesting. I, I, I don't have the context of what exactly is going on because I haven't seen it. Um, but I do like. I mean, obviously, knew I knew Walter White like died at the end of it. I knew like all all of the spoilery stuff. I I mean, I knew. I mean, it's just impossible to avoid for that long. Which is like what you said. Like if <laughs> if you didn't know that by now, like come on, dude. But I am intrigued about this. I absolutely love every episode that I've ever watched. I love all of the episodes of Better Call Saul that I've seen. I'm like it's it's just one of those things where I really have to like give the time to to like sit down and watch. But the the trailer was good. Um it was very kind of short and sweet and to the point. I don't know who that guy is that they're interviewing. I'm assuming that he is a part of the Breaking Bad series and but he is what he is saying is intriguing because of two things. One, how he kind of seems to be afraid of Jesse at this point, and that kind of lends itself to, again, my intrigue and in, in, in going back and, like, really delving into this show on how he and Walter rise to this position of prominence and fear amongst the community of the people that they're interacting with and um, how basically, you know, he's like, dude, even if I knew where he was going, I wouldn't fucking tell you. Like, what, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm not going to tell you guys. Like, no. Like, I, I'm way more afraid of him than I am of you. Uh, so, like, I think it, it's just it, – it's setting up the intrigue. Uh, for the character of Jesse, and I'm very interested. I uh, I hope that you know I've got what uh, almost two months now to like binge uh, Breaking Bad in order to like prime for this. That that is my plan as of now, uh, and I'm gonna hopefully be able to achieve it and watch this and 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 just rejoice in all of what it is. Uh, and, yeah, I'm really excited. Well, I do want to add a little bit of context without spoiling anything for you um, at, Ooh, okay. at all as far as that last that last um, season. But he wasn't afraid of Jesse. He was afraid of the people who did something to Jesse in that final season. Um, ah. he, even makes a, he even makes the comment of, like I heard there was a cage. Like they had him in a cage. Um, so there was a lot that happened in that final arc. Um, that he's saying, I'm not snitching because if I give up him, I have no idea that those people aren't gonna come after me. And if that's what they did to him, there's no way I want any parts 
of any of that. Um, yeah. so seemingly, it looks like since the events of that final season, Jesse is possibly going missing. Um, like, he just disappeared. Now, whether that was by his own um, doing or someone else's, he's just gone, and they're trying to find him because you can't prosecute Walter. He's dead. <laughs> so it's like you want to go after the next best thing. Um, so it seems like they're trying to build the case, but they have very little because Walter is who seemingly they wanted to build it around, but it's really hard to do that with a dead guy. Um, so, right. I mean, a lot of this intrigues me, but I quite like you, Nick. Um, Joel was telling me Better Call Saul was really good also. So what I told him I wanted to do was I wanted to binge Better Call Saul, then re-binge Breaking Bad, and then go right into this movie. Um, yeah. So I think that's what my plan is going to be like towards the end of September heading into October. That's what I'm going to kind of get into. Um, so I get myself rehyped for this because there's a lot that I don't remember. Um, so I kind of want to get reacclimated. Like that guy, I'm pretty sure he was in it. I can't remember him. Um, so I want to rewatch it again. So I'll definitely be doing the same exact thing um, as you said, just re, you know, kind of rebinging. Well, for you, it's finishing. For me, it's rebinging. Um, yeah. But um, Tia. I'll pass it over to you, El Camino. Um, how excited are you for this movie and the return of Jesse, I assume at some point? Um, and um, I am curious, Tia, I don't think we've ever talked about it. Are you, were, were you a huge Breaking Bad fan? So I'm glad that Nick also hasn't finished the series because I never finished the series. I know, like, vaguely what happens at the end just because of covering this uh, Breaking Bad news, looking it up, yada, yada. But I really enjoyed it when I first started watching it, like the first few seasons. It was just one of those things where, you know, you got so into it, you went and went, and then you just kind of fell off. It happens a lot to uh, with me for shows. But I'm really intrigued where we're going to go now with Jesse. Because while I liked Jesse's character, my interest was always in Walter. So it's going to be interesting seeing a movie without Walter in it. But with, say, like Better Call Saul, I mean, they've done very well and have been successful without Walter in it, considering it's a Breaking Bad spinoff. So I am interested in seeing what we have. The teaser was small, but definitely offered a lot, and I think that they were smart in offering a small teaser that didn't show Jesse, because that just adds more to the intrigue to it, and it's really crazy that we, they were so secretive about this, the fact that we didn't really know that they were filming yet, that we didn't know pretty much anything, and then they're like, hey, by the way, it's done, here's the teaser, and I don't know about you guys, when I missed this, but I didn't realize that it was a Netflix movie. So that especially is going to be interesting to see how it, the differences are in the tone between the movie and the actual show. And since it's been some years, if it's going to translate well on screen. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, as long as I saw the guy who did the show was still a part of the movie, I felt really comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because usually in Hollywood, they, you know, they're like, ah, oh, we'll go with someone else to direct it. Like, you did this show. Let me get someone else to, to bring it to the big screen. Um, I'm glad they stuck with the same guy. Um, it, it just, 
it's one of those things to where it's like, I kind of wish, I I had always wished after finishing Breaking Bad that they kind of left Walt's um, fate open-ended um, to where you, you just don't know anything. Like Sopranos, like you don't know anything. You don't know if someone walked in there, shot everybody up, or if they had a great dinner and went home. Um, that's what that ending was terrible, though. Come on. No, it was completely <laughs> terrible. It was completely terrible, but um, it left the door open that they could have done, you know, God rest his soul, um, they could have done a movie picking up after that, um, you know, you know, because it, it was left open-ended. So with Breaking Bad ending so definitively, so where it's like, no, no, Walt's dead. It's like, ah, you can't tell me you wouldn't have wanted to see him back for this movie. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, it just, it, it sucks a little bit, but I am curious to see what they're doing with it. Um, and I do really hope that this is it. Don't do another movie or do a series about Jesse. Let this be it. Let this movie be what kind of closes the, the book for us. We feel good. We can move forward because uh, you know I what? don't need too much of this. You know, what's also interesting about this that I was just thinking about is that, it's really so. Aaron Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, really hasn't done a whole lot since the end of Breaking Bad. So hey, now he was we're in Need for Speed, all right? <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I was gonna say actually, to, to be fair, he had Need for Speed that was god awful, and he did have his own show on Hulu, and now he's on um, Westworld. So, and I think he's done some well, video game stuff also. So well, he's kept a little bit. Is that, well, that's what I was going to say is that it seems like he's really, say, quote-unquote, coming back because you have this Breaking Bad movie and the fact that he is going – it's seemingly going to be a main character in Westworld. Don't worry. You know how much I love Westworld. I'm on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny because um, I, I kind of just feel like he's one of those really good actors but what I always feel is, though, like, Nick, we always equate in sports. Everyone kind of says, oh, that guy seems like a system kind of guy. Um, the biggest thing that we enjoyed about Breaking Bad was Aaron Paul playing off of um, – I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, thank you. It was them playing off of each other. So it's like if the only thing I have to really tell, you know, how good of an actor Aaron Paul is is need for speed. That's not a good start. Uh, so I am curious to see what he does. That would be Robert Covington in Minnesota for you. Yes, yes, <laughs> it would. Yes, it would. Uh, really good 3 and D guy, but not someone you're starting to franchise with. Um, so it'll be exactly. really interesting to see what he does in this movie with there being no Walter. Um, because I think a lot of pressure is on him. Uh, unnecessarily, but still, a lot of pressure is on him. So I am curious about it. Um, but all right. Let's move on. Nick, I am going to pass it right over to you. Um, we actually did a episode Friday, Geeks Against the Grain, talking Sony v. Disney. Uh, me and Tia found a way to make an hour and some change worth of um, content um, for, for this debate. Um, so we talked at it at nausea. So we want to get your thoughts, Nick. Uh, at, by the way, everyone, make sure you go check out that episode. Um, it was a great panel great episode. Um, but I am really curious, Nick, uh, your views on not only the MCU losing Spider-Man, um, but I am really curious on your thoughts. Do you trust Sony to do right by Spider-Man on their own? 
Um, mm. Or do you think this will be the fall of Spider-Man with going back home to Sony? Oh, no, sorry. Joel will kill me saying going back home. <laughs> going back to Sony because his home is Marvel, <laughs> but going back to Sony. Sure. Um, first of all, like, you were able to make uh, an hour-plus podcast on something, Jawan? I'm, I'm color me shocked. I'm, I'm just so surprised. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's good good for you, man. Um, <laughs> but no, I I have a lot of feelings about this. One, I I feel like we all knew. Yeah, well, I won't say we all knew this, but Jawan, you and I kind of called this that this contract was for. I mean, we we knew the particulars on it. It was for two Spider-Man movies and him to appear in three Marvel movies. And so we've gotten that. And we knew that there would be a new sit-down, a new negotiation. And, you know, we always kind of basically, much to a lot of people's chagrin, said that, like, you know, of course Marvel holds a lot of cards here, but like Sony holds a lot more fucking cards than people like to think they do, and you know, like Sony's gonna have like some parameters on on what they would want to do, um, and you know, I think what we didn't necessarily expect is that Marvel would come in hot, and and Disney rather would come in hot and and be like. Well, these are our fucking parameters, and you know, you either abide by them, or you know, we're, you know, we're we're gonna have to get into a squabble, um, and that kind of seems like, from everything I've read, what kind of happened. I am very disappointed um, in in Disney in in the fact that they they don't they don't need this character um, to be successful, uh, and it, it, it it's kind of like they're willing to just be like, well, you need this character, Sony. We don't need this character to be successful. Look at all these movies we got planned. Everybody's super hyped. We don't – we just – I mean we don't need him, and we've developed this character so much. Entwined in the MCU. Good luck trying to fucking do stuff without our MCU uh, like involvement, um, and not only involvement, but like without using any of all of the things that we have set up along the way. Whether it be Tony Stark um, and 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 Tony uh, uh, and Peter's obvious like connection to him, uh, Happy, uh, you know. Uh, Nick Fury, any of that, like, yeah, you, you can't use any of that if you take him back. So, um, yeah, so we're going to demand uh, 50% of um, everything that you make off of these movies. And it's like, dude, like, they own the fucking property. Like, you, I mean, I don't, I don't mind, like, I don't mind, I guess, the notion of Disney going in saying, well, you know, we would like 50% as, like, kind of a highball thing. Um, and maybe that's all it is. Maybe you know I've heard the negotiations are still ongoing and yeah, everything else. 
Um, and, and maybe that's what we're looking at here. But, like, Sony was well within the right to be like, dude, no, I'm not fucking giving you 50 – we own the fucking movie rights to this character. You get everything else from this character. You get all the comic book proceeds. You get all the fucking action figure money. You get everything else that, that like, goes in with this character. All we have is the movie rights. No, I'm not giving you fucking 50% of it. Um, I don't blame them for drawing that line in the sand. Uh, and you know what? I I hope too that Sony is basically like, look, I, we really want to envelop these other characters, and then, um, you know, uh, maybe we can negotiate on what your percentage is if you're willing to negotiate uh, on working in characters like Venom uh, and Morbius into the MCU. Uh, and you know things that obviously all of us fans would love, and it, it just at this point in time, from what I've read, it doesn't seem like Disney is is really doesn't they they just don't care about doing any of that. Um, and like I said, maybe this is just a negotiating tactic from them. Uh, which if that's the case, fine. If it all gets resolved, I'm not going to care so much but as of right now with the notion that you know this could end up being a fucking catastrophe or clusterfuck or whatever and you know all of this stuff that they've set up with spider-man and the mcu um is is just going to be negated and then you know not explored because you know sony takes the character back um, and then Disney is, is, you know, Marvel likewise is not able to explore any further with that character. That just sucks. It sucks for both parties, really. It really does. So I think it's incumbent upon both of them to come to an agreement. I think Disney needs to chill the fuck out and, like, you know, like, you need to realize look, they own the fucking movie rights, whether you like it or not. Uh, so unless you want to just fork over like a crazy, crazy amount of money in order to buy back the the rights to the Spider-Man character, then you know you got to work with them. Like, and you know I don't think them basically saying, "Look, we bought the rights to this character, we own the rights to this character. Why the fuck would we give you half of everything we're making on these movies?" It, it that doesn't make any sense from a business standpoint. Um, you're already making shit tons of money. Like we're willing to work with you, but we're not giving you half. Like that's fucking ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I think uh, hopefully they are able to resolve it. Hopefully they come to a conclusion. Do I trust Sony to make good Spider-Man movies outside of them? Um, in a in a vacuum, sure. I I think they could. I don't necessarily. Um, I I wouldn't bank on it as much as uh, you know Disney's ability to make these movies because they have a better track record. Um, but nevertheless, I think that they could. But again, the thing that sucks is that this character is so heavily entwined with the MCU now. So it's like, what do you do? Like, where do you go? From far from home, if you can't incorporate any MCU stuff, but you can't even incorporate the fucking current suit that Spider-Man is wearing, 
because it was developed by Stark. Um, so, you know, you would have to address that. You would have to, I mean, you would just have to negate so much stuff that it's, 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 it's crazy. And I, I don't know, call me, um, what you will on this, but I honestly, I kind of feel like that was Disney's plan from the beginning. Like, all right, we'll work them in. Um, and I get it. This is a little conspiracy, Nick, you know, whatever, but like, we'll work them in. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get them going and we'll entwine them so heavily in the MCU that, you know, when it comes time to renegotiate, we'll fucking hardball and get what we want. Um, cause we're Disney and we get whatever we want. And, you know, like, I don't, I don't blame Sony for being like, uh, no, we're not doing that. Like, you know, we, we're willing to negotiate, but we're not doing – we're not just going to give you whatever the fuck you want. Like, good for them, uh, and hopefully all of this is resolved, and you know, um, Sony doesn't necessarily get all of what it wants, and Disney doesn't necessarily get all of what it wants. But what, what I'm optimistic for and what I hope for is that you know, they kind of look at this from the perspective of if we want – if we both want to make the most amount of money, then we have to give the fans what they want. And how do we do that? Have a reasonably good deal between the two of us that we're both uh, agreeable to, not necessarily happy about or comfortable with, but agreeable to. Um, and how do we you know, stand to make the best amount of profit, the best amount of money? Uh, and I think in that the best way that they can do that is to essentially uh, put aside their differences, come together, um, and 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 you know play ball with one another. And if they do that, I think that is going to be their best recourse. If they don't, and for whatever reason, Sony you know takes the character back and is like going to make their own little Spider-Man movies. It's going to be very interesting to see how they pull that off. Um, my biggest fear if that happens isn't so much that they can't do it but it's like just what do you do with the character now and uh, given how the character has been set up to this point it, it, it seems like it'll just be like a like a hard left um if that is the case um i would at least hope my my i guess my biggest hope is that like if Sony is not like on board with what they want to do, then just if if if, Mar if Disney's like we demand fifty percent, blah 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 blah, whatever. It's like all right, fine, we'll give you your fifty percent. We'll finish out the Spider-Man trilogy, and then we're taking it back. So we're going to be involved in this next script to make sure that we have some platform to set up the character going forward to exist on his own. Um, but we are going to resolve everything that you have set up. Um, so we're going to work together on this. Uh, I don't like the notion of um, them trying to do that without a third movie to really resolve everything that they've set up in the first two. I, I feel like it's just going to be such a crazy juxtaposition that just doesn't work and is, is just kind of jarring. I'm I'm nervous about it, but I'm cautiously optimistic. So we'll see how it all breaks out. 
I'll, I'll say this. We gave her a lot of crap. But Amy Pascal is the reason we had to steal in the first place. Um, and the guy that replaced her, because she's now at Universal, the guy that replaced her is the one that was part of running these negotiations. Um, apparently, Nick, because I made the, the same, because that's how I perceived it also, but I reread the actual article. Apparently what Disney wanted was, Tia, correct me if I'm wrong, either 30 or 40% in opening sales like uh, uh, opening night sales um, because they wanted that off the top. And Sony was kind of like, no. Um, I think Disney was willing to go 40%. um, But what they wanted increased was what they get, I believe, on opening sales. Um, And I think Sony was like, no, 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 we make a lot opening (laughs) opening sales-wise. Nah, I don't know if that's part of the pie that I want to cut you um, and again, but the, I don't blame the, them. I don't. No, I, 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 mean, I said, I said on the podcast Friday, I get it from Disney's point because you feel as though you're doing a lot of the legwork, so you deserve a lot of uh, the reward. And you're also getting and a Sony's lot of benefit part, from that legwork, though. That's no, that's the thing you, that. But that's the thing that frustrates me is that people aren't necessarily like, I don't think talking about. Like, you got to use Spider-Man in Civil War. Like, that movie would have been totally fucking different if you didn't get to use that character. You got to use him in uh, in um, Infinity War and Endgame, and you would get to use him in all kind of future projects. He is such a prominent character, and he has been a prominent character even with somewhat small screen time um, in all of these movies. Uh, and, like, you are – Getting a huge benefit from this transaction, um, I I don't mind Sony sticking to their guns and being like, look, like I'm not, I, no, we're not budget. We own the movie rights to this character. Like we're not gonna, we're not giving you forty percent or whatever of you know the the fucking openings. Like that's the bulk of the money that comes from this because everybody like usually goes to rush out to see these movies. Like no, we're not giving you that. Like you, like you're gonna have to fucking work with this a little bit, and if we're going to give you that, then you need to like, like we always said, Juwan, what would happen if Sony would be like, we want to work in these other characters. So if we're going to give you more money, we need to work in these characters. Um, well, so like, I understand it from both sides. I, I just am, am slightly more on Sony's side in this whole thing. What you just said is exactly the point I was going to bring up. If Amy was still there, her biggest issue with Kevin, because this, this lockout that we're having with Spider-Man, we would have had even if Amy was still there. Because her issue to Feige was, I don't care about the money. The money is whatever. We're both going to make money um, on both sides. Amy didn't care about that. Amy's issue was, I want Venom. In your world, I want um, what's his name, the vampire. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I want that Morbius. character, Morbius. Thank you. In your world, do you know what Feige's response was, Nick? And Tia, do you guys know what Feige's response was? Cool, you could bring them in, but I want complete creative control on how we right. bring them in. And Amy's right. like, no, no, like I want them to say also on you know. We're sharing. We're now sharing these characters on both sides. So, like, if I wanted to make a Venom solo movie again, I want some control on how he's being perceived in your world, 
So I don't drastically make them look different in our world. Um, and Feige kind of was just like, well, that's, that's my offer. Like, give me creative control on how I introduce them, how we bring them in, how we use them. And Amy just wasn't really having that. So we would have had this lockout um, regardless because they were having creative differences. Feige wants to run things the way that he's ran it since Iron Man 1, See, but which is fair. I don't. But, but I don't think this is a Feige thing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is more of a Bob Iger Disney thing. Like, and and I'm sure Feige has something to do with it as far oh, as no, creative no, no, input. No, 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 no. no, this this lockout that we're in now, I'm not saying is is on Feige. I'm saying if Amy were still there, we would have still had this lockout because of her differences with Feige about creative sure. control. Right, but no, this that we're in now, no, I'm not putting that at Feige's feet. No, no. Yeah, not I, at all. I don't know. I just, I just think um, they need to. They it, it would be beneficial for both of them to come to a reasonable conclusion and to get all of this sorted out. Um, and if they don't, you know, it is what it is. At least we got Spider-Man for a couple movies. But I, I honestly, I do think at the very least, if I'm Sony and like m- Disney's just drawing this fucking line in the sand, I'm like, all right, fine. Um, we'll make <clears throat> we'll make our Venom two movie, um, and then we want we'll do a Spider-Man three movie, but we're not going to give you permission to use Spider-Man in anything else, and we will split the you know whatever how the profits however you deem necessary um but this is going to be our last movie together and so we'll have like the spider-man trilogy um within the mcu uh and and we'll be able to kind of resolve a lot of the issues that they set up and then you know tony can go from there and disney can go from there and they can kind of split somewhat amicably um i my biggest fear is that if they can't at least come to that kind of conclusion, then it's going to be a really weird situation as far as what we get out of the next Spider-Man movie because of everything that has been set up thus far. Well, I'll say this in closing. Everyone who's freaking out, everyone who's still like, oh, my God, it's the end of everything, just remember, a deal can still be struck up until Sony announces that they are doing a Spider-Man 3 movie. If they right. tell you that they're doing a Spider-Man movie, it means they have no interest in getting this deal done. Um, and then right. that's when, if you're so you know against Sony, when you could properly freak out. Um, sure. But if they do insist on making a movie by themselves with Spider-Man, all that means is you will now see Spider-Man be incorporated into Venomverse rather than what they originally thought they were going to do with Amy at the helm which was bring Venom into Spidey's universe. Um, so right. you'll kind of see it go the opposite way. So, yes, Eddie which Brock is how we always probably – Right. So essentially Eddie Brock would move back to New York because he did mention in Venom that he left New York to come to um, uh, wherever they were. San Fran, thank you. Um, so essentially he would move back, um, and then you would just see Spider-Man maybe that, that has been established while – Eddie was in San Fran. Um, you'll probably see that. Spider-Man 3 
probably won't be Spider-Man 3. That, that's another thing I want people to kind of start to try to get used to the idea of. If Sony does the Spider-Man movie, it will be drastically different than the storyline they right. co-op with, with the MCU. So you probably right. won't hear anything about Mysterio, anything about Vulture. Um, you know, it'll just be different. It'll be him in a Venom world. Um, that's why I do think if they don't make this deal before filming of Venom 2 is done, you will see Tom Holland as an end credit scene, and that will give you a better idea on exactly what they want to do with Spider-Man going sure. forward. Um, so like I said, until any of those things happen, Venom 2 isn't even filming yet. So until any of that stuff happens, there's nothing but time. Um, yeah, I did not hear from Did you want to add anything um, be- before we moved on? Um, I mean, <laughs> I, we talked a lot on Friday about it and all that. I mean, there is, like, a new development that I know that we're going to talk about maybe a little later that kind of, like, shifted my perception just a little on this whole thing. But in a way, I don't, like, blame, say, when you were saying if it was, like, Amy Pascal and everything and Kevin Feige wanted uh, total creative control on how to introduce Venom in the MCU. And I know that it sounds like egotistical for him to have said that and yada, yada, partnership, whatever. But I don't blame that in a way just because the MCU is such a different tone than what we saw in the first Venom movie. So I don't really blame him for saying, I want control as to how he's introduced into our world just so that it makes sense. I don't yeah, know if I'm wrong I mean, for like thinking that or anything. You know, this is not me trying to like 100%, you know, defend Kevin Feige. It's just saying that, you know, when you're trying to build a world, you want things to make sense. You want it to feel like it's cohesive. And if someone else is having a say in that, it may not be cohesive. I mean, the, the biggest issue is Sony owns Spider-Man. So I do not blame Sony, who owns the character, for telling Disney, again, let me not put this at the feet of Kevin, but telling Disney, essentially, I I don't know if I like the idea of you making as much money um, as you want to make on a character that is legally ours, and I don't know how comfortable I feel about you having full control over other characters that are legally ours. Um, you know, it, it's a tug of war, and at the end of the day, the only one that loses is us. Because when Sony makes the Spider-Man movie, we're gonna go see it. Sorry, everyone who's still upset about it, you're gonna go see it. So I mean, it's, just get over it. <laughs> get over it. All you can do is hope for the best. But at the end of the day, you're gonna see it if Sony makes it, whether you like it or not. That's a different discussion. You, you're gonna be in that theater. So at the end of the day, it truly isn't going to make any difference. Um, you know, like, unless you're going to boycott the Spider-Man movie if Sony makes it, which we know you're not. Um, all right, let's right. move on. Um, we got some Star Wars, more Star Wars to talk about, which is always great. I need Star Wars in my veins at this point. Um, let's start with the biggest news, which is um, Kenobi was made official. We heard it from the trades, but finally we heard it from the mouth of Miss uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Um, during her um, her panel for Kenobi, uh, Ewan McGregor came out letting us know that he is coming back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the biggest news, Nick, that 
I want us to, whether it's on this show or just when we're talking together, just theorize mm-hmm. about. But this show is taking place after Solo, which means Darth Maul is alive. Um, so mm-hmm. There's a lot that they could really play around with. But, um, Nick, what are your thoughts on all of this just being confirmed from the people we've been waiting to hear it confirmed from? Um, and your thoughts on the idea of it taking place after Solo? I am super hyped. I I mean, I think Ewan McGregor was bar none the best part of the prequel trilogy. Uh, I don't think there's, you know, any – I don't think there would be any pushback on that notion. I loved his performance as, as Obi-Wan, and I really hope that this is going to be – Again, something kind of in the same vein as The Mandalorian where um, this is kind of really uh, hearkening back and and really setting up this um, Star Wars series that is is really connected to the OG fans. And not not in the way that Rogue One did where it's almost like a lot of fan service, more in the way of like um, just – thematically and um, uh, just how how they tell the story I'm, I'm I'm more hoping for things like that and and I think a, a little bit of what gets lost in like the OG fans and and what we love about Star Wars is not just the original trilogy but like the original um, like EU. Uh, and and all of the expanded novels and comics and everything else, and um, how they really explored the universe in, in kind of a different way. And I think that there's a great opportunity for them to do this with Obi-Wan. My biggest gripe, though, is because of how they handled Darth Maul in, um, in Rebels, like how is that going to affect – what you might do with an Obi-Wan series. I would be so much more excited had they not had, you know, Rebels really, if they had left Rebels a little more open-ended, um, I mean, kind of like what you were, I guess, saying earlier with, with Walter White, like how you'd be more excited about this spinoff if they had left that open-ended. I'd be way more excited if they left this open-ended. So we didn't know Darth Maul's fate, and we didn't know that you know, Obi Wan Kenobi would essentially whoop his ass in like ten seconds, and <laughs> it would be the most anticlimactic fucking thing that I've seen in fucking years. Um, I I I'm so excited for it. Um, I don't know what they can possibly retcon that. I mean, obviously Rebels is is a part of the the um, the. I guess uh, the canon now. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if they, I don't know how you would go about doing it or whatever. Um, I I just wish they didn't have that. But uh, nevertheless, I'm excited. I I'm excited just to get you in back, and we'll see. You know how they figure out the the story they're going to do. Um, I I at this point I just kind of hope. I kind of hope Darth Maul doesn't really have anything to do with it. Like, I would rather them focus on some other unexplored avenues and, you know, just just 
go with a story that doesn't have anything to do with any of those people um, and just kind of figure out everything from there. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it's weird. It just makes it difficult with, with what they've already, you know, constructed as being canon. I don't, I, it just baffles me. I don't know why they decided to make that like such a big deal on a, uh, like set up so much of that on a, a, a cartoon television series and then have the payoff be so shitty. And then, like knowing that they were, you know, going to be doing some like other stuff down the road um, where they could have just paid it off so much better. But I don't know. We'll see. No, I, I'm right with you. And I think what I'm more upset about is that in Clone Wars, they killed off Savage because I would have loved right. um, since Rebels kind of ruined us possibly seeing Obi versus um, Darth Maul. I would have loved to have seen what a live action Savage Press looked like. Um, sure. But now we know we can't get it because or um, Ventress is she around? Did she die? She is she Ventress, there? Ventress, we we don't know anything else about. I think the last time we saw Ventress, she was escaping. She was doing some mission with Boba. Um, right. So maybe that was she. The last time we saw her. Maybe she can come into play. That that seems like but, if she's still around. We that don't might know. Work. We don't know. We won't know, unfortunately, Nick. So we see Clone Wars in February, because right. if that's rounding out and it has her in it and she dies in it, then we know that we won't get that. But if she's still alive, then we know that there's a chance. Maybe it sets it um, up. Yeah. It well, could. and that's the it, thing. It very, very likely could. And that's the thing. Maybe they can use that as a way to really like set up more intrigue between uh Obi-Wan and Ventress. Like they have they definitely have some history um in the existing Clone Wars. So you know that's why I bring that character up. But they don't have they definitely don't have the history that uh, Obi-Wan has with Darth Maul. Like that is the right. ultimate crossover history and it just would have been great to see that play out in a in a live action series. Um and it's unfortunate that we probably won't get that um, but maybe Ventress is the, is the kind of thing that you know could be the closest thing um, that that we could get to that that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, I told I pitched this to Joel. He said it'd be a stretch, but I don't recall in that episode of the Rebel of of Rebels. Sorry, not of the Rebels of Rebels mm-hmm. of Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul saying that they had not seen each other since Clone Wars. Um, so, I mean, you definitely sure. could play no. around with the idea. You could play no. around. No. No, they said couldn't. it? It's not. They said it? No, it, 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 they they implied it. It was very implied. Because I was going to say, you could just have them face off and obviously Maul escapes. Um, but, I mean, that's mm, the one no. thing I dislike about Star Wars um, and what they've been doing. And maybe like the past five or ten years, it's like the stuff that's canon. You kind of just go, you could have just thrown that away. Um, and they're like, no, it has to be canon. And it's like Rebels doesn't mean that much to us. You could have thrown. No. Like to me, the biggest, the biggest importance I had of Rebels was seeing the um, the villains in the first season. I can't remember what they called themselves. Um, and seeing that payoff. The Inquisitors. Between, uh, yes, the Inquisitors. <clears throat> seeing them. 
was great. Seeing uh, Thrawn was great. And then seeing that yeah. payoff of Ahsoka and Darth Vader. Nothing right. else. I needed them to to, right. to to make canon. And and like in the episodes with Darth Maul were great and the episodes with Darth Maul in um uh the Clone Wars were great. Um up until his final episode, uh, in, in Rebels. <clears throat> but no, I agree with you. It's it would be you know, I I think it would actually be like really and I don't think it'll happen. But I think it would actually be kind of interesting if Disney was like, you know, we're going to break this down a little more like Marvel does. So we have an extended universe that's no longer canon, you know, to the film universe. And we have a cartoon universe that is, you know, loosely connected to the films and the extended material, but that's its own universe. And then we have the the live action universe that's absolutely its own thing. Um, and just have like kind of three different universes of 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 things, uh, you know. I mean, comics do it all the fucking time. Why can't you? Um, I don't know. I I would at this point because of where we are, I would absolutely love that. Yeah, and to me, you're not telling me your viewership for cartoons um, are larger viewership than what this Kenobi show is is going to um, right. is going to get. So the fact that absolutely. you're handicapping. And let me not even say that, because this story, even if they had the ability to use Darth Maul, we don't even know if this story warrants it. Um, but I'm just saying, I kind of feel as though you, this would have been the time to revisit Kenobi versus Darth Maul. And the fact right. that you're telling me a children's show is why I can't get that is completely yeah. frustrating. <laughs> like that is Very what, much so. It's just, uh, I hate it. Um, but yeah. Tia, we talked about it um, a, a little Friday, but is there anything else you wanted to add on your thoughts on us finally getting the confirmation from the people we needed to hear the confirmation from that not only is you and McGregor back, but we are getting the Kenobi show that will start filming, I believe, next fall, I think they said? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely cool that he's coming back. It seems like he might have been one of the only things for other fans that they enjoyed from the prequel movies. As I said, I actually enjoyed the prequel movies. So to me, I think it's really cool. Um, Clone Wars is and was a great show. So kind of everything with this Kenobi series seems like it's going to be more exciting than maybe anyone had thought, you know, beforehand. Maybe people weren't as excited, but I think that based on what we saw, say, like with the Mandalorian, that they'll be able to really, you know, construct a nice series that um, will explore more than they even had the possibility to do with the prequel movies. And is yeah. it just me, by the way, that Ian, Ian McGregor looks like he hasn't aged since those movies? Like, holy shit. <laughs> Which I love, by the way, which I love, because I'm kind of like, and it kind of feels like this is going to be an eight-episode kind of thing. Probably will be a one-off, probably won't extend more seasons to it. Um, But even if it is, I'm glad we get to see him come back and get the proper closing um, that that he deserves. But it will suck if we don't get um, Darth Maul in it at some point. But to me, Nick, I'd rather just have, you know what I truly want, Nick? Remember in Clone Wars? where um, Palpatine had a chance to kill Maul, and he said, no, I have something else in, in mind for you. 
And then we didn't yeah. hear anything else. And then the next time we saw him was in Rebels. I would love a right. show telling us exactly what Maul was doing between that exact point and then when we see God him in Rebels. Damn right. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. That would be That'd fucking be perfect. dope, dude. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully we get something like that because we saw with the fan film of Darth Maul how much hype that built when everyone thought that was real. Um, yeah. People love Darth Maul. So it's like, oh, dude, I totally bought into that fan film when I saw it. Oh, I did too. I was like, I oh, too. my fucking God, it's going to be so fucking awesome. Like, I, I was did too. so fucking excited. And there's nothing funnier than, like, seeing a Star Wars fan page that sees that for the first time. And it's like, oh, my God, Netflix is doing it. It's like, no, sorry, man. That's old, and it's a fan film. It's not real. Right. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, so, what? fucking bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. It looks really like, good. Uh, it looks really it, good. You're well behind the times. Like, we knew this was fake like five years ago. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we would definitely be up for that, and I don't know why it's taking them so long to do something Darth Maul. But, um, but all right, let's move on. We got some more stuff to talk. But before we get any further in our topics, I did want to give a shout-out to our Twitter followers. Um, be on the list, you know, be on the lookout. Um, the phrase of the day is road to 40k um you guys know what that means so stay tuned for um the giveaway and make sure you guys listen to both top 10 and geek vibes live to catch the phrase all right let's move on we got some more star wars talk we're not done we're not done with you star wars we got some rise of the skywalker footage shown we see ray in all black with a hood with a dual-sided red lightsaber i don't know about anybody else but all that made me moist. Um, but all right, I'm going to go right to you, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to go right to you. Um, my biggest question to you is, Nick, I always like to give you these topics in questions. Um, yeah. But are you truly buying this? Because I kind of feel like this hmm. is maybe a dream Ray is having, more so than an actual scene. Ah. Of Ray being a man, of, you know, being a a you know, uh, becoming part of the dark side. I think this is probably a vision she's having. Like Luke is telling her, like, look, if you don't focus, this is what you could become because that's how Kylo became like this. So I think it's more something like just making her aware of you know focusing be. her anger, so she doesn't let it control her, and then she becomes right. Kylo. Um, because there's just no way you build up a female character like this for young girls to look up to and then make her evil. Like, I, just, I, I can't buy it. Um, so my uh, question to you is... Did you not watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> Say it again? <laughs> did you not watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, to be fair, that show was definitely more so on the adult side. I, I don't know if you fair enough. had any of your children watching it. This is, um, this no. is these are fair points. <laughs> <laughs> my question is my two sided question is how dope? Like you didn't get to we didn't get to see it, so there's no visual. But how dope does that sound? And do you buy this, or do you think this is maybe kind of throwing us off because it could be like a force vision or something like that? You know what's funny? Well, first of all, I gotta say, don't please, please, just as a, a favor to me, don't don't ever say moist again on this show. Oh no, like, no, no! As soon as I said it, Nick, I immediately said I'm gonna find a way to work moist into every podcast I do with you guys. Oh, moist dude, is don't. now my word of the podcast. Don't no, I'm gonna work do it. In. it. I'm gonna work. Well, Nick, are That's you one of those people that don't like that? Like, I know so many people. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Can you back me up on this? Like, can we start it now? Like the the don't use moist Juan. Like, don't say that word. Like, I think it's hilarious people who don't like that word. What's wrong really? with the word moist? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Things just not, happen to be not, moist. No, no, no. It's not. It's not the word itself. It's how he used it. Like it's um that something made him moist. Like eh, apparently, I'm no, not. A, I'm not allowed to be moist. So you know, the world no, I live you're in not. Cool. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to proclaim it anyway. Um, I just. I just feel like we're all the better for n- n- not hearing you proclaim that. Um, but I think, um, I would say, um. Man, if if she does have the the red lightsaber in in like actually and like turns to the dark side, I don't think that works. I don't think that works with the story. I think your notion is is one that makes some sense. That it's like a dream sequence. I was wondering and. It's funny that we both came up with our own little notions of how they could be kind of teasing us uh, in in the wrong way uh, as far as like getting us to think something and it, it not coming to fruition. I was wondering simply if like they just maybe edited the, the red on the lightsaber. Like maybe it's green, maybe it's purple. Um, yeah, that's that a good could point. be something. Um, but like yeah, I I would have a really hard time believing that she at this point, especially considering how they've set her up for two movies now, would turn to the dark side. It just it doesn't make sense. I know they kind of set it up a little bit in um the last movie, uh, as far as um you know, uh her training with Luke. But I think when she has that moment in the cave and essentially kind of turns away. I, I I think her being drawn to the cave was maybe, you know, a, a notion of, uh, you know, her, her connection to potentially the dark side, but I just don't see it. I don't think it works. I think if you were going to do that, you would have had that. You would really have to had, set it up from the beginning and we know they didn't set it up from the fucking beginning I think at this point to try and build all of that up in, in this one last movie would just it would be it would not work I, I just don't see it working I would have loved it I would have loved if they had set Kylo up as the bad guy and Ray up as the good guy and they had like essentially over the course of the trilogy done like an X and then Ray became the bad guy and Kylo became the good guy. That would be great. Yeah. Like if they had like plotted it out and carefully constructed it throughout every um you know, act of every part of the trilogy. They have not done that. You can't fucking do that now. It it just doesn't work. So I really hope that this is not going to happen. Um and if it does happen I really fucking hope that, you know, they can really, like, figure out how to fucking deliver it. I can't – I that seems to me to be an impossible task. 
to deliver all of that in, you know, one, two hour, two and a half hour movie. It, it, it just seems, it seems like too much of a gargantuan task to be able to fucking figure out. But I don't know. We'll see. I I don't like it. I Like I said, I would have liked it if they had really, like, set it up, but they haven't. In two movies, they really haven't set up um, her turn to the dark side because even when she was like drawn to the dark side, dark side, she turned away from it. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense to really like go into it here. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, like you said, I think I didn't and I didn't even contemplate it, but I think a dream sequence would make probably the most sense, um, especially since they've kind of um and invested in those kind of sequences more in this new trilogy um but even if it's not that maybe like i said they just they just changed the color of the lightsaber to like really like get people to ask questions and whatever you know i mean disney's all I mean, about like <laughs> fucking with you so I, I just was thinking of this as, as you were talking and i was just like if they do go that route and i get you i kind of feel like it would feel forced because you just kind of didn't make that natural progression, um, which is another reason why <laughs> you said I said forced. <laughs> yeah, I did. I worked it in there. Uh, which is another <laughs> issue with why. Um, which is another reason why I have an issue with you going Abrams, uh, someone else, then Abrams to finish it. Because it's like, well, are right. you guys ever on the same page for this trilogy? Right. Um, but another way you could do it to where again it would seem like you're just you're. you're forcing yourself to do it, but it would it would somewhat work is that you could have it feel to where Ray feels like she's losing everyone. Um like like everyone's starting to die um and there's nothing she could do. So she feels as though if she tapped Again. into that darkness, maybe she's strong enough to save everyone. Like she she falls prey to thinking that the dark side is what could help her save everyone. And then she maybe yeah, well, goes too far. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's very Anakin-esque, um, but again, like, that's the same problem that I had with Game of Thrones, is that it just wasn't set up, so, like, you do that, and it's, it's, I don't mind that that's the direction of the character that you're going, um, but you have to set it up properly and they have not done that. And you're not going to be able to achieve that in one movie. So I don't know. I just, I, 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 if that's the direction they're going, I am, am a little worried. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Like, like you said, it could be, um, it's, it's honestly, it's probably a lot of misdirection, but we'll see obviously when the movie comes out. And we now know that Kylo has the ability to, like, for them to have, like, forced video chat. So maybe, like, he shows her, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, a, a possibility where she's strong enough to, to save everyone, but she has to come to the dark side. Like, he's just showing it to her. Um, and that's yeah. the shot that we see. We see her in all black. Because, um, again, from what we heard, and Tia, I, I believe we have an article up about it, but from what we heard, I don't think we heard that you saw her using the lightsaber. So if you're just telling me all you see is a shot of her in all black with the lightsaber, that literally in Star Wars uh, world 
could mean a billion different things. That does not mean she becomes a Sith or completely to the dark side. So all we're saying is it's very misleading. <laughs> so I choose not to see it as one thing where it could very likely be a billion other things. Um, but Tia, what are your thoughts? Do you think we're, we're getting a, a dark side ray, or do you think this is possibly a misdirection? I mean, you know, I did see The Last Jedi, but it could be possible because, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it in the book that eventually Luke turns to the dark side? Nick would, no. would know. No, Nick would know. It's, I wouldn't. Yeah, it, he explores um, elements of the dark side to become completely in tune with the Force. Um, so, that's so, strictly EU, but yes, he does. So maybe that's something that they're looking to kind of explore with Ray, since they never really did it with Luke. So it could be one sure. of those things where maybe she's exploring it, but then in the end, you know, doesn't completely go there. But of course, it could be misdirection for us fans, so that we're all sitting there freaking out, wondering, does Ray go to the dark side? It could be possible right. that it could be that. I mean. You know how I felt about the Game of Thrones thing, that I hated how they went in the direction for Daenerys since we got all those seasons, and, you know, she was such a, you know, despite Game of Thrones not being a kid show, Daenerys was an idol for many girls. So it would be kind of wrong for them to do that with Rey, considering you literally have little girls dressed up as Rey at, like, Comic-Con conventions and Halloween and all of that, but... I mean, I guess if they really want to go with a shocking thing that no one saw coming, um, this is the way to kind of tease it. But it could be misdirection. And I think it would be kind of cool if maybe she explored it a little, but then in the end decided not to go in that direction. I'll say this. What you better not be doing, Abrams, is having a theme to where she is on the dark side, but it's like a, a ploy to get in close to Kylo and then she kill don't 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 do any of that. Don't don't do any of that. Like don't don't tease me like that. Like to me, I despise that. Because to me It may it, happen now that you're putting it out there. <laughs> you yep, know it you know happen. it always happens That's exactly to me what's gonna you. happen. You know it always happens to me. But to me it's like just <laughs> like if you're if you're going to do it, even though we all believe it wouldn't make sense, if you're going to have her go dark to flip Kylo just go all in. Don't go half and half. Um, you know, either make her dark or don't make her dark. But you can't do that now. Yeah, you just ah, you can't do no, it. No, no, Nick, I'm with you, but I'm saying if yeah. they do uh, go that route, I don't want it to be like some kind of trick or ploy um, because that'll be another thing. Because I do think Disney, especially their directors, hear what we say on the Internet, and I think they purposely go against it. Um, so I'm like, you've been hearing a lot of people saying. Like, I don't know. I think that was this. more just Ryan Adams, but or that might have been uh, Ryan Johnson. What is it? Yeah, that might have been Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Thank you. Um, but to me, you know that the fans have been saying how cool it would be if the roles were to be reversed. Um, so don't get us to that point and then just ah, we're just joking. Ray's Ray's really a good guy. Don't do that. It's stupid. Um, yeah. But all right, um, let's move on. We're heading back over to the Marvel side. Um, I kind of want to do this more so rapid fire so we have more time for um, these, these DC topics. Um, sure. We got an announcement of She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel. 
Um, we all know that those three shows are going to tie into the actual MCU, especially Miss Marvel, um, played by Kamala Khan. Nick, I wanted to say this to you because I said it on Geeks Against the Grain. Do you know what I've seen four geek pages try to cast as Kamala Khan? Just take a guess on an actress. Just take a wild guess. Um, dude, I don't know. Just tell me. People are trying to cast Naomi Scott as Kamala Khan. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess so. No, that is insane. <laughs> like, I allowed it for Jasmine. Like, I got over that. You are not going to take <laughs> a, a uh, an opportunity from someone who fits that demographic for that character <laughs> and give it to Naomi Scott. You are not going to do that. Uh, yeah, you are but, not going to do that. Yeah, but you have to you have to take into account like a lot of fan casting pages are, are are going to pick like someone who's the most popular at some point. You, you know what? They're either going to do that. I'm sorry. They're either going to pick who's the most popular, or they're going to pick Jensen Ackles. Like one or <laughs> right. one way or the other. Right. <laughs> yeah, Jensen is going to be in that movie some somehow. They're going to find a way yeah, to throw him in of there. Of course, he's going to be um, a main character. We all know it. <laughs> right, of course. Um, we also got some news. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, let me pull it up here. We got an announcement that they're bringing in a new character. We also got word that, um, according to Anthony Mackie, he will not be called Captain America, which I keep mm. trying to explain to people is not really shocking. Um, <laughs> it seems like he would not want to be called Captain America. He already feels nervous about just holding the shield. Now you're trying to put the pressure on the poor guy to live up to being Captain America. It's a lot. Um, but we did get the news that Wyatt Russell um, will be playing U.S. agent. So apparently the synopsis of this is going to be the government is not okay with Sam being Captain America. So the government then decides to create their own Captain America, um, which in comes U.S. agent. So apparently that's going to be one of the bigger struggles is Bucky and Falcon trying to stop this false Captain America, um, which is going to be so much fun to see, um, especially if they have a way to create a shield for U.S. agents somehow pretty coolly. I think that would be pretty dope. But, um, Nick, out of that news, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel, um, what is the biggest one that stands out to you? Well, I just – a quick aside, I'm I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what they do with She-Hulk. I really um, have kind of been hyped for this character and how they would incorporate um, her um, and whether she'll, you know, be, you know, related to Banner or, you know, how they'll go about doing it um, and whether, like, the blood transfusion is, is, like, how she gets her powers or, like, how they work that out. Because um, I've always kind of contemplated that in my head, like, well, obviously that wouldn't make sense. Like, why would you blood transfusion? Like, assuming you would get somebody else, but I don't know. Maybe they'll set that up. Um, so that that interests me. But the biggest thing that interests me is Moon Knight, dude. I cannot fucking wait to see how they incorporate Moon Knight, all of what goes into that character. Um, I I can't wait to hear who they fucking cast. Uh, as Moon Knight, I can't wait for all of it. Like, we've all been waiting for this character for so long. It is, like, 
probably the premium uh, Marvel character that we have yet to see in any sort of capacity in live action that we, you know, as a as a fan base, have all been collectively waiting for because of how intriguing the character is. I mean, this is a character who, you know, has obviously very serious mental health issues that, like, you can, like, really explore, um, you know, via, uh, yeah, obviously, with this being a television series or had it been a movie. Um, so you can explore all of that. You can explore um, all of the backdrop that goes in with this character, the, the roots in, in Egypt and the mythology there. Um, there's just so much that – so many reasons why this, this character is ultimately so intriguing. Um, I think this is going to be the character that really kind of blows up that people are most interested in come you know two three four years from now and i cannot wait to see what they do with the character and you know essentially like how they um you know figure out how to rope this character into the mcu and i just hope that at some point um you know we can get uh you know the punisher and daredevil and these characters back in the fold to like interact with this character, especially the Punisher. I just think the Punisher and and Moon Knight as as a yes a, a, a juxtaposition is so fucking intriguing. I want to see that. Um, so I'm hoping that we're like building up this character to set up his interactions down the road and and bringing the Punisher back in. Um, to the fold, and um, like I honestly think you could literally use him like uh, similarly to the way they did in Daredevil season two, with having him be almost this antagonist to start for our main character and then rope him in, um, because those guys would definitely be at odds with one another, um, as we've seen many times in the comics, um, but ultimately. Uh, I think um, they would, you know, end up siding with one another, and uh, that would be just such a fucking cool team up. And if we could get like, you know, something with, um, you know, the two of those characters and Ghost Rider and you know Blade, if you want to work that in and get some Marvel Knights going on, like that would be super fucking cool. Just saying. Um, so yeah. I'm really excited about them exploring that aspect of the Marvel universe. Yeah, with Moon Knight, the possibilities are endless. I mean, I told yeah. <clears throat> told Tia the other day that if Moon Knight is anything as far as a feeling, um, anything quite like what Daredevil was, then you know that they're going to bring back um, those characters when they're legally able to. Um, Moon yeah. Knight is just the start of that. Um, but if it feels drastically different, um, they made it feel drastically different for a reason. But to me, you don't do Moon Knight to make him anything but a dark world. He's essentially Marvel's Batman. So I'm like, right. and, he, and he's fighting crime in Chicago. So I'm like, there better not be any happy-go-lucky feeling of this show um, because it wouldn't be realistic. You got a guy fighting crime in Chicago of all places, and it's happy-go – no, come on, don't give me that. 
Um, so yeah. it'll be really interesting. And, and the biggest thing is who they cast. But we won't know any of that until probably next year, the latest. Right. Uh, no, the earliest. The earliest, I'm sorry. Because right. I don't think the show is looking to come out until maybe fall of 2022. Um, right. So sometime around San Diego Comic-Con, you should probably have more info on Moon Knight and probably an official casting. Um, but we know reports come out all the time, so probably sometime for the end of this year we'll hear an idea on who they're looking for. Um, but, Tia, um, out of the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier news, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, what stood out to you the, the most? Let me guess. Well, She's going to pick Moon Knight because she really, really wants to see the punisher back. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you were talking – as you were talking, Nick, I was like, you have definitely become my favorite GBN person right now. But <laughs> <laughs> no, super, I mean, that would be amazing. As I think I said on Friday's show, I am excited for Moon Knight just for the simple fact of um, people wanted him. I mean, even years ago, watching the first Punisher series, watching Daredevil, people have always said, let's bring Moon Knight in. So the fact that you know, finally that's happening. It's really cool to see fans' reactions that finally they're getting something that they actually want, uh, listening to the fans. But I have been, besides Loki, I've been super excited for the Falcon and Winter Soldier show just because, A, uh, the Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier is by far my favorite Marvel movie of all time, and I love the dynamic between Falcon and Bucky, and I really like the whole concept of, okay, so they don't like the fact that Steve Rogers, who the government already didn't like that much, essentially chose his own predecessor, so they're going to make a new one with U.S. agent. And I am interested to see how it's going to happen with that casting because the only thing that I know that guy from, if I remember correctly, is an episode of Black Mirror. So it's going to be interesting to see him um, in that role. But I trust Marvel. There's been plenty of actors that when they're first cast, I'm like, oh, really? And then they completely blow me out of the water. And as I said on Friday, Really excited that Sharon Carter is coming back, and hopefully we will finally see her in more of a capacity that isn't just the love interest. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, now that Black Widow's dead, it gives her all the freedom um, to be really, 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 um, you know, kick-ass. You know, now that you don't have to worry about Black Widow stealing that from her. Um, But all right. Uh, we got one more casting uh, bit of news from the MCU, then we can go right into DC. Um, Kit Harrington um, is joining the MCU as Black Knight in the Eternals movie. So he is joining his Game of Thrones um, brother in Richard Madden um, in, in the movie Eternals. I this I told Joel. He got really upset when I said this, but I said this was a very safe casting. Um, everyone and their mother was assuming, like Joel was saying Nova, I was saying Wolverine, a lot of people were thinking um, Submariner. Uh, we were just going crazy with um, casting theories when the news dropped that Kit Harrington had joined the MCU. Um, playing the Black Knight, who is a very, very, very um, interesting character, I just think it's a very safe casting for Kit Harrington. Um I think he kind of didn't want 
I think no one wanted the pressure of him being Wolverine after all the pressure he just got from Game of Thrones, uh, which is fair enough. But, um, Nick, what are your thoughts on Kit Harrington joining the MCU as Black Knight in Marvel's The Eternals? I'm glad he's not Wolverine <laughs> for all the reasons you just said. Um, that Because that was for about 24 hours. Everyone was like, oh, could he be Wolverine? Like, could he, could, like, they're, like, he's short. He's short and he's stocky. Like, he could be Wolverine. And I was just like, eh, I, eh, I, I don't know. I just, um, I don't know if, 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 not that, like, I don't think we've seen enough of him. We've only seen him in really one fucking character. So it's really hard to say he can't play another character. Um, but nevertheless, that was just going to be so much fucking pressure. Um, and like, That'd be so much pressure for someone to like carry like a whole franchise on his shoulders because obviously Wolverine's gonna be like such a huge part um, in the MCU at some point. Um, so I'm I'm glad he's not that. As far as him taking on this role, I'm really excited. Like I, I I'm ultimately not that familiar with you know the character of Black Knight, um, but. I do think that uh, him being a part of an ensemble um, in the MCU is, is like a a a good choice for them and b a good step for him. I think you know he could fit in well if they if they deliver this character well enough to where it's not just like kind of a Jon Snow copy. Um, it could add like a level of credibility to his acting career. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, I mean, I hope everything goes off well. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see how he, he kind of plays out the other characters and, and, and his ultimate involvement in the film. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited. Um, as far as, um, you know, what you mentioned, as far as him being Wolverine, um, I think, you know, depending on what happens with Sony, Tom Hardy's probably out of the mix now. Like, Come on, let's be real. John Bernthal needs to be Wolverine because they're not going to bring him back. They're not going to bring anybody back from the fucking uh, the series, uh, all, all the Netflix series. They're not going to bring back any of those actors to play those characters. We know this. They didn't do it. They're not going to do it with the fucking Fox stuff. They're not going to do it with the Netflix stuff either. Um, they're going to recast everybody when they eventually bring these characters back. So, like, if that's going to be the case, then fine. Okay, cool. I can live with John Bernthal not being the Punisher, just as long as he's the Wolverine. Like, let's just give me that, please. Fair enough. I mean, I, I don't really have an argument against it. I mean, they don't really show to have an interest. Even if they did have the characters, I don't think they would have fast-tracked um, either bringing the shows back or fast-tracked you know, doing anything with the characters at this moment. But I don't know. I mean, you had a chance to do Daredevil with Spider-Man, but, you know, that that's out of the window, so who knows. Right. Um, but, Tia, um, what are your thoughts on Kit Harrington joining the MCU as Black Knight in Marvel's The Eternals? Well, first of all, I'm also happy that Kit Harrington isn't Wolverine. I just can't picture him as that character. Um, this is really cool because, first of all, we have the cast of The Eternals announced at San Diego Comic-Con, and this seems 
you know, a little last minute, which is fine. That happens all of the time. It's super cool that him and Richard Madden are being reunited in this uh, in this movie because I think he's, I forget which one of them. I believe it was Kit Harrington said that um, if he ever had a choice to revive a Game of Thrones character, it would have been Rob Stark because he enjoyed working with Richard so much. So I love that. And it, it was funny that he was casted as the character of the Black Knight, um, all Game of Thrones things. <laughs> <consider>. <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, to me, that's, you know, they might have been waiting for him to, because I believe he went into rehab, right? And it's good right. to know that he's at least doing well enough that he's out and he's involved in a new project, and I just hope the best for him. I think it's awesome. This is great. Um, to see at least one of the Game of Thrones alums involved in such a another big franchise. Yeah, I mean it, it's going to be a fun movie. Seeing the um, the artwork that they had behind the whole cast, it looked like it this movie. Awesome. It looked like this movie is going to be so much fun. You have an amazing cast, such a colorful cast, um, and I can't wait to see this movie just so I can find out who the hell the Eternals are. Um, and what time frame they're placed in, because a few of these characters in the Eternals were actual Avengers in modern-day stories. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how far from present day this, this time, uh, you know, this movie is, is set in. So, I mean, it's just a lot to, to play with, and possibly doing a younger Thanos, doing Thanos' brother. They have a lot of things they could play around with, so it'll be interesting to see all that. Um, but all right, let's move on to some DC news. Give DC some love. Nick, I'm going to start off with you. Nathan Fillion being cast in Suicide Squad as a mysterious, as a mystery character. Sorry, not mysterious, as a mystery character. Um, what are your thoughts? King Faraday! Like, give me King Faraday. Like, dude, I would love, like, hey, Nathan Fillion, like, just dye that dude's hair silver and, like, let him go to work, dude. Like, that would be fucking awesome. But regardless of who he's playing, um, that you know, there was obviously like um, the connection they wanted um, uh, in the Guardians movies to like have him cameo as Wonder Man um, within those movies, um, and they even had like a poster set up with him playing that character. Obviously, uh, Wonder Man is uh, I, I can't remember his his um, name in the in the comics, but he's an actor. And, like, there was literally a poster of him portraying Tony Stark in, like, a, a, a biopic movie um, uh, within the MCU. And there was going to be, like, a poster of him uh, in, um, uh, I think, Guardians 2. And, you know, that didn't end up coming to fruition. But um, the fact that, like, now he's finally getting to work with James Gunn, I love it. And I love Nathan Fillion, of course. Like, it's my captain. Like, Malcolm Reynolds. Uh, I I fucking love it, and I can't wait to see uh, whatever it is that he's going to portray in this movie. I'm going to be super excited about it. Yeah, I mean, and I love your idea of King Faraday. I want you to mark this this episode, Nick, so if it does happen, we know exactly what episode to go back to to give you your credit for. Um, well, I'm it'd be sure. easier if you if you like numerically quantified them, <laughs> but you know I'll do my best. Well, 
to be fair, I I named them like. Remember before it would just be called Geek Bob Blas. That was it. Like yeah, that's true. I specifically named them now, so it's like oh, I if I remember the name, I know to go back. All right. Well, what did you um, name this one? May the fourth be with you, Spider Man. Okay. Yeah, I can probably yeah. remember that. That's pretty easy. All right. Cool. All right, um, Tia, what are your thoughts on um, Nathan Fillion joining the DC Universe? Because you can't say EU, I don't, I don't think anymore. But anyway, Nathan Fillion being <laughs> cast in Suicide Squad as a mystery character. I just need to know more about the Suicide Squad. I'm ready for pictures. I'm ready for costumes. I'm ready for character announcements. Nathan Fillion is a fantastic actor. And I want anyone who sat there and just disliked 2016 Suicide Squad had doubts that James Gunn would do well for this movie to just kind of shut up pretty much and see the fuck in the movie just because I'm excited for it. I need this to finally start production, to finally start filming, just so that we can get all of it because I'm pumped. Well... <laughs> Funny thing is, to you, Warner Brothers is telling everyone to forget about the last Suicide Squad. Apparently, this movie won't mention the first one in any, um, ooh, excuse me, in any respect. Uh, they kind of so, to forget it. Which is it, so really. weird because you have several actors from the 2015 one returning. So again, mm-hmm. is this this is a Spider-Man thing? Is Rick Flagg just gonna sit there and be like, "Wow, this is the first time ever meeting you guys. I've never met Harley well, no. Quinn in my whole entire life." <laughs> no, here, here's here's the thing, and this is what I was trying to say um, on Friday's show about Spider-Man. Like, it's not as difficult as we're trying to make it seem when you're saying that those characters or that story doesn't exist anymore. It just means you don't talk about it. Um, so it just means you find new – like, they don't have to say, like, oh, I'm meeting you for the first time. They obviously know each other, but they just won't go, like, hey, remember last time we worked together? It wasn't so good. Like, no. No, they just won't talk about it. Um, to us, we'll know it happened, but in the movie sense, they don't even want to mention it, which to me is great. Don't try to make yourself seem like a sequel. Don't try to make yourself seem like it's part of a continuity just make it seem like, hey, we introduced the characters there. That was it. That wasn't even like a real movie. <laughs> like, ignore that. We just introduced them. This is the story you pay attention to. Um, so, I mean, to me, it just puts all the pressure on James Gunn because if the movie's bad, we now can go, you guys just don't know how to do Suicide Squad. So we'll ignore both <laughs> now. Um, and if it's really good, um, if you're James Gunn, all that means is Warner Brothers will want you to make more Suicide Squad movies. So, to me, it's a win-win. I wasn't that blown away by the first one. I don't think it was as horrible as people make it sound. It was um, really bad. I, I don't mind ignoring it. Like, I, I, I don't mind putting it out of my brain um, at the sake of embracing this new one. Um, so, I mean, if that's what the director wants us to do, I, I have no issue doing it. Sure. I'm, it's gone. Never happened. Um, but, all right, let's move on. Um, Black Adam is looking to start shooting next year with Hawkman making his first DC, again, I don't know if I can say EU, but DCU appearance. Um, My only issue with this Black Adam movie is Shazam 2 will not have Black Adam, um, you know, as as one of the co-stars in it. Might be a cameo, but he will not be the focus of that movie. But that essentially means you will be building this first Black Adam movie 
as if he is the hero of the story. So then my question is, are we going to then have to see a Black Adam 2 where he then finds a way to embrace himself as the Because to me, it just it, it's weird that you started this, this, these two characters the way that you did. Because now it's like, we know Shazam is the hero. We know Black Adam is supposed to be the villain. But when you have a solo movie, you don't do it so we see him as a villain. You do it to build him as a sympathetic character. So at what point are you going to make him a villain for us to see Shazam fight him? It's just confusing, and I will hate The Rock every day till I see Shazam versus Black Adam for forcing us to sit through a solo Black Adam movie. But, Nick, what are your <laughs> thoughts on um, – Hawkman seemingly being, I assume, the big bad of this black guy. Mm-hmm. It's just so confusing. Um, because, I, I don't know. But what are your thoughts on <laughs> Hawkman being in the Black Adam movie? That's cool. I mean, I, 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 again, that's fine. I'm, I'm with you. I'm more intrigued with how they develop this character and turn him into what he needs to be in the DC you f you you whatever the fuck you want to call it um i i i i am interested in that because i agree with you like you you have to set that up i wonder like can they set that up like they did uh boren uh baron mordo i think is his name uh from yeah from dr strange um like can they set that character because that character was a good character throughout the whole first movie and then like we saw like at the very end, like something happened that triggered him, and he was like, "This cannot stand." And then we saw him be evil at the very end of the movie. Like, can they can they achieve that? And it worked. It worked in that movie. Like, I don't I don't feel like anyone ever like questioned his motivations or was like that didn't make sense. Like, it made it made sense to me. Um, can they set up uh, Black Adam in, in that sort of regard to like? Uh, set him up to to kind of be this this villain that sort of makes sense like you understand where he's coming from. Um, that's going to be the big question. Like, can they pull that off? And how they fit in Hawkman and Hawkgirl and all of that, whatever. Like, the, you know, that that's kind of secondary to the overall question of how do you like make this character um, turn from this hero to maybe anti-hero to villain um and and you know how does that set up where the shazam movies go um because i mean that's obviously the connection there so i mean we'll see yeah it's just it's too confusing and again i blame the rock um but tia what are your thoughts on hawkman joining um you know, in into the Black Adam movie, and are you just as confused on when and how they're able to make this character a villain in the Shazam world? I mean, I don't think that maybe it's as hard as we think it's going to be because, like, just taking an example really quick of, say, the Joker movie, which I know has no ties to the DC. I like that, Nick, F you. Um, but uh, it, it's not going to have the Joker as the hero. They've said numerous times they're going to trans, you know, make him the villain throughout the movie. So you can do that with this Black Adam movie, have a story where the main character is the villain. Um, maybe that's not yeah. something that we're necessarily used to, but you can do that. 
But, I mean, the, the biggest difference is Joker is a one-off. Like, even if it's not, I don't think they have any interest in, like, bringing in Batman. Because um, apparently Bruce – well, not apparently, but obviously Bruce is still a child. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know at no point are you going to get Batman versus Joker. So you don't have to build up a good guy to combat the bad guy. You're just only telling the story of the bad guy. Black Adam is supposed to leak into Shazam. But if I've now seen two movies where I'm like, oh, man, he started off as, like, a slave and, like, he, you know, he, he worked his way into, you know, be, you know, gaining this power or whatever, saving his people, um, at what point are you going to spin that to where I'm now like, oh, that's the guy I'm supposed to hate. Oh, okay, I got you. You just have like, to... It's just it's confusing. Well, you can just make him turn fanatical in it. I mean, even in the Shazam movie... Um, with, oh, God, what was his name? Mark Strong's character? Shit. Oh, God, I don't remember. <laughs> All right, but in, 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 in the beginning... Dr. Puffin stuff. <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, you you feel slightly sympathetic for him, right? But then right. he transitions into his evil ways. I think that you can still do that because not everything is as black and white. It can't be like... We can only see horrible things from Black Adam. He did all well, this no. stuff, but then you know, well, no, I, that's I'm just my just opinion. The easiest, if you were Warner Brothers, the easiest thing would have been for you to have a scene where the wizard is telling Shazam, like legit, not just very quickly when they very quickly did it, where he's telling him, of, "Look, I tried this before, and you know, it, it turned out to be the guy that we call Black Adam." Like, that's the guy that's been going around killing a bunch of people. We finally got him closed in the tomb, right? So when you say that, we now know, cool, if you're doing two Black Adam movies, it's purely going to be about what leads up to him becoming such a, a, a menace that you had to trap him back in the tomb. So we know well, that's that, cool. know that you're working you know, that's That was their problem, you know? They did that wrong. No, their issue was... The Rock is demanding to be in his own solo movie, which is why Black Adam wasn't introduced in a Shazam movie. That's what I'm saying is just like, you did it wrong. Introduce him in the movie, then give him a solo so we know this is a larger arc. But now you're telling me solo, 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 then they face each other. It's just a stupid buildup. It's extremely stupid. Hey, um, but all right. I will, yeah. I will push back on that a little bit. The, the first the first Shazam movie worked, though. No, I, I didn't say it didn't work. I'm saying it's stupid that he forced his own solo movie, um, and we couldn't have had him in that first Shazam movie because I would have loved I mean, Black Adam to be introduced in that. I mean, yeah. I mean, like in a what in like a post credit scene. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm asking for. Superman. Yeah. I mean, I did yeah, the post-credit yeah. scene. I'm not saying he had to be, like, um, you know, the, the main <laughs> villain or anything. Especially um, considering you had to introduce Superman in a post-credit scene without showing his face because Henry Cavill was not involved. That's just spit in the face position. to Henry. And then they were like, oh, well, Henry was busy, couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I bet he was. I bet he was. Yeah, he was full of it. we'll see. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> to end our show. Um, Ezra Miller reassures us that Flash is still happening, and he is still the Flash. Right. Okay. Anyway, Nick, <laughs> your thoughts. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Sure. 
That's all I'm saying. I mean, we've yeah. heard this before, and then we've seen directors leave, and then we've seen him mm-hmm. threaten to leave, and then we we're seen, here. We've seen like so. seven directors leave. I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit. I'm using a little hyperbole, but it's been like four. Only a little like, bit. Like it's, it's 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 been yeah, it's been a lot. Like come it's on, been three, I think. No, it's uh, not I been think three. it's been four. It's been five. I think it's been five. Five. Yeah, five. Yeah, I think it's been five. Or they're at um, least they're on their fifth director. I think is what we're right. We're at right. Yeah. So Joel was giving left. me names. Joel was giving me names of people I didn't even know were on tab to <laughs> to direct. Right. Was, we didn't even remember. Even like who the fuck remember. is that? Yeah, they were going to direct the Flash movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I had they no were. Idea. I forgot about I had that. No idea. All right. But. To me, it's like it's like if Henry Cavill came out and was like, "Hey, I'm still Superman." Yeah, sure, but like, when's your movie coming out, dude? Like, when is right. the filming starting? Like, all right, yeah, cool, let's you're get still Superman. let's get down to brass tacks here. Yeah, I'm like, that's like if Robert Pattinson was like, "Hey, I'm Batman," but when are you shooting? Like, at least we know for that he's getting in shape. We know when production <laughs> is starting. We have none of this information for the Flash. So it's like, all right, let's yeah, just yeah. all let's just rope it all back to Batman, Jawan. Sure. <laughs> I try my best. I try my best. Um, But, Thea, what are your thoughts? Do you you really believe this? It's like the Black Adam news. I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) Simple as that. I mean, honestly, it's as simple as that. I mean, I honestly think we have a better chance of Sony and Disney striking a deal than we do for this Flash movie to be made. Um, So don't really hold your breath on either one. Um, But, all right, uh, last few things. Um, Kevin Feige (laughs) – says that he always knew Spider-Man had an expiration date. Bullshit. Uh, and Tom Holland says no, that he loves it. No, no, I mean BS in the sense of when you hear the characters that he's introducing into the MCU, they're all young. There was a reason they're all young. He was looking to pass the torch from all the old people to all the kids. Spider-Man was supposed yeah. to be the fate of those kids. Don't give I me that. You wanted this deal. I call I call malarkey on that because why would you why would you put it so much that you were setting up for him to take the mantle from Iron Man just be like right. I knew it was finite you would have never set up for all of this if you knew it was finite absolute bullshit. Well, but here's the thing he knew it was finite or, or, or to some extent he knew that there was a possibility that it would be finite. However, I mean, like. You obviously wanted to set this character up to be like a main focus in the MCU going forward, um, and like now that is in jeopardy. And so you're basically protecting, you know, the Disney brand, and you know, it, trying not to upset the Apple card by saying, oh, you know, we always knew, you know, it was going to be, yeah, and it's just like, dude, like, yeah, <laughs> fuck you, like, no. Like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. Fucking speak some truth right now. You're like, I'm sure what Kevin Feige is really feeling is like, why can't you motherfuckers just fucking cooperate with me? I have a fucking vision, and you motherfuckers are ruining it. Like, just fucking be <laughs> honest, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin Feige definitely, when he heard about it, because he heard about it well, well before we did. He was definitely swinging at the air. He was really upset. Yeah. He went um, yeah. on a week-long drinking binge. That's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> we, also, so. we also got from Tom Holland him saying he was obviously there promoting his new animated movie with Disney, um, co-starring Chris Pine also. 
Um, he was mm-hmm. reassuring us that he loves his 3,000, which is like, all right, whatever. Um, and he was letting hey, us know that sweet. he is that that's that's a super sweet. Don't, it, don't you it, dare it, blow it, over that. It's sweet, but I'd rather you love me 3,000 and you're still in the MCU. But that's not his fault. So, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah, that's not his exactly. fault. Anyway, um, he also let us know that he is still Spider-Man. And it's like, yeah, no, we, we figured that, dude. Um, yeah, but well, I, you have a contract. We know. <laughs> right, yeah, like, we know about your contract. It, it it didn't go over our heads. But, again, Tom Holland, we love you, 3,000. Kevin Feige, I love you, yep. 2,500. 5,000. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, 2,500. He's like, I'm just a little bit below. Right, just a little bit. Um, but, no, I, I do want to thank Tom Holland for everything that he brought to the MCU. He gave it new life. Um, he brought on a level of maturity that you wouldn't really expect someone so young coming into something so big mm-hmm. to have. Um, I just can't wait to see what his, um, you know, what he does with Sony if he does not come back to the MCU. I know we'll love what he does. Now, what Sony does is up to question, but I will love right. anything Tom Holland does. Um, so I just wanted to thank him, Geek Box Nation, thank you for what you uh, brought to the MCU. But Nick, Tia, thank you both for joining me. We will Mm -hmm. see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace.